The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone. My name is Michael. Thank you guys for joining us. I was waiting for Marty to jump in there, but it sounds like he... uh isn't going to so thank you guys for joining us we're going to do questions and answers for your mobile phones computers and pretty much any other technology well i should be careful with that a lot of your other technology that you might have questions about uh my name is michael and i'm joined by marty Uh, hello everybody i was gonna say go ahead and introduce yourself and then uh, you can ask natalie to uh share the commands hello everyone this is marty and i'm going to pass this off to natalie to give you a little bit of information. All right, thank you. Um, so to, well, first of all, um, this you do need to remember, please to hit the got it button so that you will be able to um, interact and ask your questions. So if you are on a PC, smartphone or um, tablet, then you will want to tab or alt tab to the got it button. If you are on a PC, if you are on a smartphone or tablet, um, you will want to swipe right to the got it button. Um, To raise your hand, if you are on a PC, it is alt Y. And to mute and unmute, it is alt A. Um, On a Mac, it is option Y. And to mute and unmute, it is command shift A on a smartphone or tablet. The raise your hand is under the more option and to mute and unmute it is in the lower left hand corner of your screen and um, on a landline with a keypad which I haven't seen any yet but um, you can star nine to raise your hand and star six to mute and unmute. Thank you very much. And so who do we have first? Uh, There doesn't appear I don't think there are any hands right now. So uh, before we jump into it, if you have a question or uh, are interested in asking something, I guess that would be the same thing as a question. My mind is foggy. I've been under the weather over the last day or so. Uh, I did want to uh, jump in and ask uh, or share a cool tool that I've been using on the Mac. And I guess I'll fill some time there until someone raises their hand. Uh, On the Mac, I've been using a tool called Hazel. And what this allows you to do is uh, automate the file management of your Mac. So for example, if I go ahead and put a file in a folder that matches a specific a specific uh, letters or numbers or uh, even a file type, I can tell Hazel to automatically move that to a different folder. So where this comes in handy is I use a tool called Alphonic to process all of my audio. And this gives me a consistent sound and consistent um, uh, noise reduction because I sometimes am in noisy environments. And when I use Alphonic, it puts the files that it produces into a specific folder on my Google Drive. With Hazel, I can tell Hazel, hey, uh, go ahead and 
That was a blind shell notification. Uh, hey, if you have uh, or if you see a file in this completed audio folder, then go ahead and move it to whatever podcast it coincides with. For example, I do audio editing for the Let's Get to Work podcast with the Employment Committee of ACB. And the Let's Get to Work podcast always has a file name that starts with let's get to work. So whenever that file is put into my Alphonic folder, Hazel automatically moves it from my Alphonic folder to the let's get to work folder, which then triggers another automation to send an email to the whole team to say, hey, there's a new file in the folder. Uh, so that is, that's one of the tools that I'm using. Marty, what's some cool tools you've been using lately? Let's see, what have I been using lately? Um... Nothing really all that new, but uh, I've been testing out the new Fantastical, which gives you the option now to be able to send other people a whole bunch of different options of dates if you know if you're going to have a meeting and they can pick and whatever ones they pick that you put on there, say like five different dates and times, then uh, they can pick which one would work best for them and then send it back and it would automatically be added. So that was a pretty cool new feature that was just added in this last update. Yeah, I've been playing with that a little bit myself. Uh, the additional thing with that is you can create a generic uh, Calendly-like calendar and that will allow you to send people all of the dates and times that you are available and you can put that in your signature and then someone could just go ahead and book some time on your calendar for you without having to send them any links i do want to throw out you know you guys uh, this is for anyone who comes and has questions about their phones tablets computers so if anyone has any questions feel free to raise your hand and we'll do our best to get your questions answered. Or if you want to share a tool that you use, we, I'm, I'm open to that too. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and raise your hand and share some tools that you use. Um, I have recently been playing with the Blindshell Classic 2 phone, which uh, full transparency I did not pay for. This is a demo unit provided to me from my employer AT guys. And the Blindshell Classic 2 phone has uh, a open face to it. It has buttons on it, so it's very easy to interact with. It does have a headphone jack, which is super handy. Uh, and you can use it on the T-Mobile network in the United States. It's also available for other networks outside the United States. And uh, yeah, so I've been playing with that as well. Um, you do have a hand. Herbie does have his hand raised. So right, Herbie, you can go ahead. All right. So first of all, tools. Well, you know, one tool that I really do use myself that really works well for me is just the plain old calendar app on the iPhone. Um, I find it really works well for me and I could talk about other tools, but I thought I'd uh, put you on the spot here, Michael, and ask you a question. Oh if I my oh boy is right. So you <laughs> mentioned you got this earlier. So I'll give people a bit of a background. So as you know, most of you have probably heard of voice stream reader for the iPhone and now they've come out with a Mac version. So I'm just curious, have you actually, you said you've gotten it. So have you actually played with it yet? And what do you see the advantages of using voice stream reader on the Mac? So I haven't gotten it yet. 
Um, however, I can say one of the advantages to using VoiceStream on the Mac over iOS, um, especially for people who have larger libraries, is everything will synchronize through iCloud. So if you have a lot of books and you want to organize those into folders, it, I think it would be an easier experience than swiping and double tapping because you can just use the keyboard to move files uh, into different folders. And then that will synchronize over to your phone to make it easier for you to keep your library organized organized all right uh, perfect that is uh... i don't i don't know that it's five dollars a month worth it but, right uh, i i also think that i probably will pay for it because i bought voice dream years ago and have never had to pay for it again so I, I i don't know if you read the blog post that he posted on the website but he brings up a good point you know if if at this current rate, there isn't a sustainable business model if something was to happen to him when you charge people one time. And that's why a lot of your app developers are going to subscriptions. So I probably will end up paying for it. If I have an a annual option, I'll pay the annual so I don't have to think about it. Uh, but yeah, because yeah. he does great work and keeps the app up to date. There are some people who paid $2 back in 2000 or $3 in 2012 and haven't had to pay again for updates. So okay, well, fantastic! I had to pay nineteen dollars back when I got voice stream. And... Yep, I paid nineteen too. Fantastic, Hal. They did about a year ago, maybe two. Went to a subscription model for the same reason, but they also threw in a couple of their other apps under that subscription and for all the platforms. And I think currently, the voice stream reader is a subscription on the Mac, but you still actually have to purchase it on iOS. So. Hopefully they can put it all under one subscription. Yeah. Do you know if they did that, Herbie? I don't know. I want to say I, I don't know if you can use the iPhone app with the Mac. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have an M1 Mac, so I can't uh, experiment with that. Uh, can aspect. I answer that question for you? <laughs> Jane, go for it, Jane. Go ahead. Um, so How are you, Jane? I do, I, I'm good. Um, I do have an M1 Mac, and no, I don't think. I tried to sideload it and it does not work. Um, <laughs> so yes, I'm excited for for voice stream on the Mac myself. Um, but there is a, another app called Speech Central. I am playing with it. Um, for some reason, Bookshare doesn't work on it on my end. But um, same concept. But this one is one-time purchase of $9. But uh, honestly, I'll go with VoiceStream just because everything is just on my phone already. It's got a good reputation and people have been using it on their phones for a long time. So, Jane, Did you have another you had, question, Jane? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I saw you had your hand up. Did you have another question? Um, and speaking of Fantastic Hell, I love that app. How I remember... <sighs> Is the subscription still 40? Is it a 40 a year thing, a month thing? I don't remember. Uh, no, I think it's like $35 a year or something like that. And you yeah, get a uh, card hop with it for free, I believe. Yeah, great app if you're, you know. Um, now, if they built something for messages for me, that, that, that would be 
they they do have a free version though so the free version gives you some basic features like being able to put your events in and stuff like that so there is a free version it's just limited you don't get like weather and all of the other uh, more advanced features but it's cool that there's a free one because some people don't need all the advanced stuff that is true now fantastic how is uh 39.96 39.96 a year for individuals um, and it does come with a 14-day trial or if you want and this is something that some people I don't think realize uh, you can get a family account for $65 uh, and that family account doesn't use the Apple family sharing so you assign uh, user accounts to your family and then those user accounts people download the app and they sign in with their Fantastical account and then they have access to family so I've, I've used this to uh, uh, help offset the cost a little bit as well. That's similar to like Spotify or Apple Music family plan kind of thing, right? Yep. All righty. Any other questions? Nobody has any questions so far? Nope. nope. This might be our shortest call, Marty. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, only, Only thing is, is I get to go make dinner afterwards. So, I mean... I don't know if that's good. That it, oh no, it looks like one of the boys is making it. Huh. Well, um. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and mention one of the other things that's been on my mind. If we don't have any questions after this, then we'll go ahead and wrap it up, or I'll see if Marty has anything else. Uh, one of the things that I've I've been doing with automation is using NFC tags to keep track of my uh, water intake. Because, as you might hear, I have uh, I'm, I'm calling it allergies and uh, I'm not I'm not feeling, you know, uh, uh, the best right now, but that has entailed of me taking in a lot more water lately, and I've been keeping track of that. Uh, One way that I've been doing that is using NFC tags and tapping the uh, phone against the pitcher in the fridge, and that automatically logs 20 ounces of water because I don't have any cups smaller than 20 ounces for water. I also have an NFC tag on our Keurig. Well, my Keurig, because no one else in the house drinks coffee. I think that's not cool. But anyways, uh, so I use the NFC tag on that because they we have 12-ounce uh, coffee cups, nothing bigger th- or smaller than that. So it'll automatically log my water in WaterMinder. Uh, with how much I've drank or log my coffee in WaterMinder to tell me how much I've drank as well. And then one of the cool things about WaterMinder is it uses, and I don't know if you knew this, Marty, but uh, VoiceOver has a way to interpret charts, and it uses audio uh, information to play to you your chart so you can hear you know the the peaks and valleys of how much water you're taking in uh, simply by going and looking at that chart and oh wow having that's pretty voiceover, cool yeah having voiceover play that audio chart for you so that's a cool feature yeah definitely do we have any other questions any questions at all it doesn't look like it so no you have no hands oh yep you do greg oh oh Go greg, ahead, greg. I was hoping to save this question for last. It's real simplistic, but not so for me. Um, when you get it's a it's an iOS iPhone question. Okay. Okay. Normally, when you get a phone call and you look at it through your recents or whatever, you can typically go down through a list 
and add it to a contact, you know, to your contact list automatically. But right. I have, but I'd, I'd kiss the ground if, that you walk on. If you could tell me how to do it when I get a text message. Yeah. So when you get a text message, what you do is at the very, very top in the center, there's going to be, do you have, can, do you have any, uh, light perception or any kind of vision at all or no no okay so you you so, I, I have to go into the message app correct so let's say that i were to send you a text message and it was the first message i sent you right and right. you want to save my information or put my information in mm-hmm. what you would do is you would have the body of the message open like during our conversation you know how we would type back and forth to each other right if you go all the way to the very, very top, there is in the center an icon up there. If you double click, do you use voiceover? Yes. Okay. If you double click on that icon up there, then what will happen is it will open the same thing as it does like in the phone area, for example. It'll okay. give you the you know list of do you want to uh, block this person, mm. add this to a contact, create new contact, like all yes. of those things. There, there is one step that you missed in the middle of that, Marty. Oh, the info? And, and, that- and, yep, you got to hit info and because I was doing it as you were walking along, uh, as you were going through it. So you tap at the top of the screen, then you double tap on info. Then there's an option that says add to existing contact or create new contact. And the sure. info, once you, once you get to the top of the uh, text message, the body, and you hit that first icon, you double-click that, and the info is going to be the very last one on the right side. So you'll see there's a few other icons under, right. and you click the one that says info, which is the one on the right side at the end. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has yeah, been nope. for, for four years I've been trying to figure this out. <laughs> Yeah, no yeah, problem. they don't make it very easy to find either. I know it's really frustrating that they uh, have lots of ways in every single different, you know, like that you could do it a different way in the phone app. And then it's a different way to do it in the messaging app. And it just, you know, if they could do it the same way everywhere, that'd be great. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no problem. And I'm not seeing any other hands. Nope. So, Marty, do you want to call it an early one? Sure. If we don't have any other hands, last call for any other hands. Anybody? Anybody? Questions? Okay. Air tags yep. are amazing. Lynn Schneider. Oh, go okay. ahead, Lynn. Hey, Lynn, how you doing? There we go. There you um, go. Hello, Lynn. How are you? <laughs> hi, I'm good. Um. And, and I'm, I'm really glad um, that I could have people to ask this question, but uh, I use, I'm a Mac user okay. and I love my phone, my mm-hmm. iPhone. There are times when I feel like I do need a Windows um, PC for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and my question is, are tablets nowadays, like if I wanted an inexpensive option um are tablets that run windows are they actually now you know is that an option or there is is, uh, tablets that run windows 
Not a lot, as far as I know. They're really only ones that come from Microsoft. They're called a Surface tablet. Okay. And they come in a few different variations. So they have like a really low end one that does basic things like email and browse the web, stuff like that. And then yes. they go up from there, depending on like the your power needs and things like that, you know? Um, so what are you trying to do with it? Um, well, sometimes I have web pages that I just cannot seem to get to work with, you know, on my iPhone. Um, and my MacBook, uh, MacBook Air is really, really old. Uh-huh. So, um, so like on your phone, what, how, what kind of issues are you having? Um, some websites just don't seem to work really well. Um, and sometimes you get issues with like pop-ups and stuff like that and you get stuck and, you know, is that kind of the thing you're talking about? Um, yeah. Or sometimes voiceover just doesn't see, um, buttons and stuff like that or, um, have you tried adjusting uh, your rotor? Um, for for like, like um, when you're browsing, like if you're in Safari, for example, and you're browsing, uh, mm-hmm. the rotor has different settings depending on how you want your voiceover cursor to go down the page, so you can go by line or by paragraph or oh right yes that kind of thing yeah yeah but there's there I have the, there are a few apps where I can't. It's funny because it'll show that there's, say, a submit button. It'll, mm-hmm. you know, voiceover will say it, but uh-huh. I can't get to it. Oh, yeah. And um, it just drives me crazy. I don't, and I've seen this a few times and I don't know what I try to scroll. And it's almost like there's a control there, but it doesn't. Something else to think about, Lynn, if you're looking at laptops and, and alternative solutions for that, and I think it's it's underspoken about, especially if it's just doing stuff on the web, is Chromebooks are pretty cheap, and there is a built-in screen reader into Chromebooks called Chromevox. Chromevox, uh, yeah. And so that's a solution for instances. That's what I send some people to when they just need a computer to do some basic web browsing. They're not going to do a lot of of things locally uh and then google docs is improving a lot too when you enable braille mode and screen reader mode and one thing i'll add to what michael just said was if you spend a little bit more money you could get what's called a convertible which is a chromebook a regular chromebook with all the things but then it also has a touch screen so you can touch the screen to do things as well as use the keyboard so okay I, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I guess I kind of miss my Windows PC a little bit, but. Um, yeah, and one of the cool things about the Windows tablet side of things, too, is JAWS, NVDA, and Narrator all have touch support. So if you do just get a tablet that just has touch screen on it, you can get touch support. That that support is varied between each screen reader, but it is available mm-hmm. and it will work. Great. Well, thank you. Yeah, no problem. It looks like we have a couple of other hands. You do, Herbie. All right. All right. Um, so I kind of was multitasking, so I don't know if you mentioned this or not just now. So uh, did you mention desktop view of a website? No, I didn't think about that. That's a good call, Herbie. 
Yep, so that's something you can try on your phone is switch the uh, site to the desktop layout and um, show full desktop version. And sometimes it will show the site in a different way because it won't try to have it customized for a mobile device. And so that might be a thing to try to see if uh, that helps out or not with your Safari experience. I will tell you if you're running any beta software from iOS... Make sure your that is set to mobile view because it will not recognize your device and desktop view. So, I was I struggled with that once. So I was going like, why are you acting like an idiot? Oh, um. <laughs> and so, then, real go quick, ahead, Kirby, uh, to get there on the where your address bar is, unless you know a faster way. But there on the left hand side of your address bar, double tap that, and then there's an option that says uh, desktop view. Yep. The other thing I was going to mention though. Um, and I don't know how important this is to you or not, uh, Lynn, if you get a Windows tablet, you are going to have to decide what screen reader you want to use. You will have your choice of Narrator, which, of course, is built into the tablet, or and you can download NVDA, um, you know, or you can use JAWS. And JAWS, of course, that you have to pay for, but it's not like, say, a Chromebook that has or a MacBook that has the synthesizer built in. Um, with the, well, Narrator, I guess, is a built-in synthesizer. And I hear it can do a decent job of surfing the web, but I just wanted to make sure you know about that if you're going to get a um, thing. But the other thing, if you do get a newer MacBook, you may find... Uh, I have noticed that like sites sometimes do display better on Safari on the Mac versus even not just the phone, but even sometimes on Windows. There's been a couple of sites where I have a much better uh, experience on the Mac. So um, there you go. And and I want to throw that out there because you know uh, it's it's one of the cool things. There is some amazing new TTS engines in Windows 11, and so it kind of sounds like this. One five zero one, Greg, computer audio unmuted, video. And so it's so it's the screen reader. Your wife, they're talking. No, the, that's the screen reader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I heard yeah. the demos and uh, Jonathan Mosen's thing, but yeah, yep. narrator has improved a lot with Windows 11. Unfortunately. Using a Mac as my Windows machine, I can't upgrade to Windows 11, but, uh, and the only reason why I don't get a tablet is I don't think a tablet can run Station Playlist, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, and that's another thing, a tablet is not going to be like, you know, you know, for web surfing, it'll be fine, but it's not going to be a high-end computer, so if you're wanting to run, you know, uh, say if you want to become a streamer, for instance... Tablet probably is not a good idea at this point, anyway. Well, it looks like we have another hand up. I don't know the name, though. So we have Jane has hers up. And um, so, Jane, you can go ahead. Speaking of laptops, um, how do you? Uh, this is driving me crazy on Windows. 11, I just got this and I didn't think about the fan noise. Um, but boy, is there fan noise whenever Lenovo decides to um, <laughs> run the stuff in the background that I cannot turn off and I don't know how to. Um, so, J- Jane, try messing with um, you said Lenovo? Yeah. 
So there's an FN button. If you haven't tried this yet, FNQ is the keystroke for power management. It won't tell you which power management you're on, but I have tried playing with that a little bit on the on the Lenovo I have, and it seems to help. Um, and so I don't know how many settings they are there are or anything like that, but FNQ is the uh, secret keystroke. Can I offer another suggestion? Sure. Another thing you could do, I don't know how much this will help or not, but you, and uh, yes, I'm basing this off of Windows now. I do know a few things. Um, in the, um, what is it, for what, the task manager for Windows, you can also see, you know, if you have it show all details, it'll show you all the processes that are running. I mean, you don't want to shut down every single thing because it's a lot of important ones, but that'll at least show you what is running. So if there's any programs you recognize that you don't think should be running, you could potentially shut them down. But the other thing they have in there is a startup tab. And you could look in that and see, okay, like is, um, I'll use Outlook in the example. Maybe it's set to startup whenever uh, Windows, you start up your machine and maybe you don't want it to do that. And so minimizing what starts up and what is running and stuff might help with just the overall processing of the machine. So. And be aware that Discord mm-hmm. does not honor that setting. So oh if you boy. use Discord, you need to go into the Discord system preferences with command, con- command, wow. See, been using the Mac too much. <laughs> Wrong comma, system there. You know, control comma and go in there and disable the uh, launch on startup option. And a long time ago, I used to be a boot camp slash Windows user for about seven years on my Intel 2012 uh Mac and I basically ran it and it ran beautifully with no bloatware. Um, I can't do this here on this newer, although somebody has, uh, there's something called U- UTM or something like that where you, you could, but I wondered someone if somebody has tried that. I have not, but Taylor Arndt, I don't know if you've heard of her, has uh, created some YouTube videos showing you how to use UTM with uh, voiceover to get it working. And then she also used uh, VOCR to work with Parallels to get Windows working in Parallels on an M1. Oh, so it's possible? It is possible. Uh, She uses her M1 Mac with Parallels on Windows 11, I think, all the time. Um, And just uh, if you are interested, uh, just look up on YouTube. Uh, I'll find the keyword that you can search for that will help you real quick. So give me a couple minutes. Okay. I mean, because I have 8 gigs of RAM here, so I can potentially do this. Not that I want to, but it was the best machine for seven years that I ever ran. <laughs> well, Michael, while you're looking that up, I'm going to see who this other person who has their hand up. I don't have a um, name though. Area code five zero one ending in nine, seven, four. If you could unmute, please with star six. I did. I did. Okay. This there you go. Now Teresa. we can hear you. Hello. How are you? Okay, good. Hi, What's your name? This is Teresa. From oh, Teresa from okay. Little Rock. Okay, now I'm going to go a little off topic here, but it's related to um, techie stuff. Okay, I've heard people um, talking about terabytes, which I know are like the external hard drives. And I just wanted to know um, what uh, people might use them for. Um, Let's say, for example, I have a lot of podcasts. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I was thinking, would I be able to put those on a terabyte, save up some um, internal memory in my Victor stream, not to mention uh, not so many SD cards (laughs) laying around. Uh, what kind do you, well, so that depends on what kind of connection you have on yeah. the Victor stream. If so, what you were saying about the terabyte hard drives, yeah. the connection. Yeah. So there's two things to know. One is they come in different yeah. connection types. Oh. So they come in okay. USB, they come in USB-C, they come in Th- Thunderbolt. There's a few different options. So the yes. first thing to know is what connection do you need or do you have available okay. to be able to plug it in? And then I don't have one yet. I don't have one yet. I was thinking about it, you know. Yeah. So you Especially need to be able to have podcast. something to plug the external hard drive into. It can't just oh, be yeah, standalone. Yeah. So then oh, the no, other, no, no. I, the, I know that. The other part of that is, you know, how uh, you say terabyte. So terabyte is just the size of the hard drive. They make many different sizes. So you can get 500 gigabytes. You can get one terabyte, two terabytes. It just depends on what you need. Uh, I would say if you're saving podcasts onto an external hard drive, a terabyte is probably going to be far more than enough because uh, podcasts usually aren't that big a file size, maybe like a few megabytes, I'd say, you know, they're not uh-huh. very big files. And to kind of put that into uh, perspective for you, um, let's yeah. say that a podcast is going to be anywhere between, say, two to four megabytes, right? And so yes. a thousand megabytes equals a gigabyte, a gigabyte. One and then gigabyte, a right. thousand gigabytes equals a terabyte. It's a so, terabyte, so right? You'll be able to store many, many, many podcasts on a terabyte. You right. probably don't even need one that large, right? Um, but I was, uh, I was also thinking about email. You know, some things you might want, but if it has links and attachments, I don't know would those be retrievable if I wanted to. Um, pull them up and go look for the link that somebody sent me So once upon a time. So there's a kind of a two-part answer to that. The first one is attachments. Yeah. Yes, you can definitely take yeah. the attachments out of the email and then you can save those uh-huh. wherever you want, whether that's on your local hard drive, which would be on your computer or put it on an external hard drive, which is what you were talking about. Now, yeah. uh, the email links inside of an email, the content inside the body of an email, that would be the text and the links, things like that. Your best bet with that is probably to, you know, make folders and keep it organized in your email app. uh, And probably you'll be fine. It doesn't really take up that much space and something like, you know, Gmail, people never delete emails and it goes on for years. You know I mean? It would be right. A long time before, but then you could you could probably put some of those folders on it. Could you not put some of those folders on a terabyte? Uh, Well, the problem is you need the email application to be able to see the emails. So that's why most people keep their the email itself, you know, in the actual email app, and if they want to organize it, so their inboxes 
easier to deal with, then they create folders and then they move things into different folders so that it's there and you can go back and look for it at a later date if you want to or need to. But the things right. that are coming into your inbox every day are still going to, you know, be there and in the forefront and you're not, you know, trying to search through thousands of emails that are just sitting in your inbox. <laughs> yeah. So. You said the correct word, thousands. <laughs> yeah. How about so. tens of thousands? Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> sure a lot of that, that you're yes, probably getting is spam, right? Well, yes and no. I so mean, like yes, if you, no, if you yeah. have one place that you love to get an email newsletter from or something like that, you know, you can make a folder right. and each time you get one of those, you can save them into the folder, you know, and then it's out of your inbox and then you can go back and read it at your leisure. Or if you want to refer back to it at a later date, you're able to do that pretty easily. Okay. Okay. And then I had another question that is okay. related. Uh, the um, Chromebooks. Can people do use those for Zoom calls? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can okay. use the Chromebook for Zoom calls. You have two options with it. You can install a yes. Android version of the app because most Chromebooks will let you install Android apps. Or Zoom has a join Zoom meeting in browser option. And so that okay. is an option for you as well. Right. Now you can't. Now, if let's say in the future I wanted to help out more and host be a host would that be possible yeah, it would be possible uh, most of the hosts use windows or mac but i believe you could do yes. it from from a chromebook i believe i don't see okay. why not and that uses that uses windows software no ma'am it chrome. is its own software no. it uses chrome os okay and you pretty much All need right. the internet to use it there's not a lot you can do without the internet yeah. so Yes, yes, yes. I, I figured that one. <laughs> that that was kind of a given. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, no problem. Okay, Looks thank like, you so much. Because you got to be on the internet to get on Zoom. Yeah. If you want to use your computer, that is. I I kind of meant for personal work at home, you know, stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh okay, sure. All right. Um, thank yes. you. Natalie? We have two hands raised. Um, Greg. Okay. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Um, okay. I just wanted to make a comment about the lady who was just on. Um, the Victor Reader stream, you can put in very large SD cards. I, I personally use 128 gig, but if you go any higher, it's it's almost like putting air conditioning in a Volkswagen Beetle. You know, it's it's like, it just takes too long to process, but one thing for sure, if you go over 64, 64 gig, you have to format the SD cards with the format function on the Victor stream. Otherwise, um, it's not going to recognize it. So that, that was my only comment when she said something about the Victor stream and the terabyte. <laughs> Perfect. All right, well, thanks, Greg. Yeah, that, that's that's that great information. Be, that would be an issue using a terabyte SD card on a Victor. It would take forever. But that's good to know. Thank you. Excuse me, um, Herbie, you're next. All right. Um, in regards to the Chromebook, so we actually do have a user that does come in a lot on the Chromebook. I believe he is using the native applet that they have um, for Zoom. And I know he's 
struggled a lot. It's kind of like using it on a mobile phone from what I've been able to gather. Unfortunately, I don't have a Chromebook, so I can't play with it myself, you know, to gauge my own experience. But I would, you know, for now, I would say if you definitely use Zoom on the Chromebook and give it a try. But before hosting or whatever, really get comfortable with just how Zoom works on it currently. Like I know it took him a while to figure out how to do the raise hand and um, whatnot. And, um, you know, like I said, I don't have a Chromebook. So, you know, I I don't, you know, I I can't say what everybody's experience is, is I only have uh, this one, but... Um, the thing I would be worried about is latency issues. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Like I said, I, so I, I don't know if a Chromebook would be a good option for hosting just yet from what little I've seen of it, but uh, it's one of those things I have to invest in and play with, but um, I would say, too, if you, that if you ever did want to try hosting, you know, practice with yourself on your own personal zoom account as well, you know, like, uh, you know, coming on multiple devices or call in on the phone as well as, and host in your Chromebook and try things like, okay, can you lower the other person's hand or mute them or things like that. And, um, so yeah, just, um, but for a participant, at least, you know, it does work. And if you do come on with your Chromebook, uh, Teresa, you may want to, get Jonathan's contact info as he is the one that uh, is now using a Chromebook. So there you go. Just thought I'd uh, throw that little tidbit on. Thanks, Thank Herbie. You, Herbie. <clears throat> Any other hands? No. <clears throat> no. Well, we, we can threaten them to close it up early again. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't have any other hands and nobody has any other questions, did you find, Michael, the answer to Jane's question? Jane left us, but I did find the answer to her question. Okay. Uh, if she's listening on ACB Media, uh, if you just search for Techopolis OS, uh, then you'll be able to find it. Or just search Taylor and VOOCR on YouTube, and you should be able to find how she did that. Great. Thanks. And I guess we'll have a last call for anybody else that has any questions. And if you if you end up having a question that you didn't think of or that you can't can't wait to get an answer to, uh, you can reach out to Marty and I directly from a website we put up for ACB community. There's a form there that you can fill out, and that's at unmute.show. And you can go ahead and fill out that form. It'll go to the two of us, and we'll be able to help you further. Uh, and I'm not seeing any other hand. So at that note, I think we should call it a wrap and, and go from there. And Natalie, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. And and we got to thank Herbie too. Thank you, Absolutely. Herbie, for thank streaming you, Herbie. us and and dealing with us. Appreciate it and sharing your tips. Not a problem. It's always a pleasure. You guys have a beautiful rest of your day. Have a great thank night, you. everyone. Thank you. Good night.